3: he's prime time live
0: from the circus sportsbook in downtown las vegas here is tim murray
4: we're off and running on a friday evening here in las vegas nevada alongside jonathan von tobel i am tim murray
5: jvt did you uh did you fade Tiger Woods this weekend? Uh, no, no, I did not, uh, although that should have been. I, I, I will say, um, as, of course, you're alluding to the news that Tiger was rude today. From the Genesis yep, at the Riv. I saw a tweet that quoted maker saying, we need anybody to hoist the trophy but Tiger. And I thought, you know, if you're still betting Tiger outright, we got to have a talk, right? Like, what are we doing? I, maybe the Masters, maybe you can get me if it's like you know, 200 to 1 or something. We've seen enough of this, right? I don't know why we would do loading up on Tiger to win this thing. And maybe it's sentimental. I don't know, but I was I was amazed by that comment.
4: Uh, yeah, and uh, Chuck Esposito will join us later on in the show, as he always does from a local shop here in town. The curiosity I have is just regarding to make or miss the cut bets. Yeah. Now, I asked uh, the folks here at Circa, they actually didn't have – uh, Tiger on a make or miss the cut. But for matchups, whoever the matchup was against the opposing golfer who goes further will get the victory there. So uh, you're you're good shape there. He obviously won't finish top 20, top 40. So I would think all in all, it's a good result for the books. I don't know the answer, though. I haven't asked all around. We'll ask Chuck about it, about the to make or miss the cut because he withdrew. So I don't know where that ultimately falls. But uh, yeah, I I echo your sentiment, and and to be honest, you're thinking back to 2019. You know, congratulations to anyone who cashed on that Masters outright. But I remember being like, "Come on, what are we doing?" Yeah, what what are we doing? Anyone? And uh, congrats. Like, I've tried to pick my spots of fading Tiger over the past couple of years, um, but uh, I actually didn't. I did not. uh, I did not fade him this weekend. Shorter field up at the Genesis, but uh, he did withdraw today. In case you missed that news.
5: And I do think that when you're talking about the quote that I'm referring to, which is, we need anybody to win but Tiger, essentially. I do admit, right, it is probably a smaller pool. Genesis is one of war if like, popular tournaments out there. So uh, maybe there's like a little bit more money here. But in terms of what you're getting in comparison to the four majors and all that kind of stuff, uh, by comparison, it's probably not that much. So when you say, we need anybody but Tiger, Long shot tickets pile up, so maybe that is, you know, maybe I'm being a little too uh, dramatic about that, but I was very surprised about hearing it. So maybe it's just a bunch of pizza money thrown out there, Tiger. And if it is, well, I guess you can bet sentimentally, and if he does it again, he does it again. NBA All-Star Weekend is here. Good uh, good time to have JVT
4: uh, in studio. By the way, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern is is when this show airs, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, v primetime.
5: You like this time slot? It's a good time slot, right? Uh, it's a terrible time slot. I really? Can't, I can't watch anything. What are we doing? It's
4: true. Well, you get the first hour. There's not a lot going on. Oh, so, that's a good point. Yeah. So, well, we're just, just throwing it out there. Yeah. It's a good time slot. Um. All right. Last night, and usually because we are on from 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Just putting that out there. Um. We don't talk about what happened last night all that much, right? Mm-hmm. When's well, the football season a little bit different, but it is the All-Star break. And last night, sitting here, and I didn't bet it, thankfully, I looked at the Bucks on the road at the Grizzlies, JVT, and I said, hmm, they just had an embarrassing loss. Remember we talked about it, yeah. the Heat game. I was like, is this a letdown after they beat Denver? And you were like, I don't know. There's just so many people. I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay off of it. And lo and behold, Miami goes out and smokes them. Beats him 123 to 97. And then you look at last night, and it was like 10 and a half, goes up to 14. Yep. Everybody that is, you know, John Morant's out, Jaron Jackson's out, Braden Clark's out, Desmond Bane's out, Mark I mean, it's, it's nobody's play for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Bucs are trying to figure things out. And what happens, JVT? They lose in Memphis. They are now three and seven straight up. Since Doc Rivers has taken over the Eastern Conference All-Stars head coach Doc Rivers, I've asked you this a handful of times. What do we do with the Bucks? What do we do with the Bucks? Because I I'm always a big proponent, JVT, of buying low, but I don't know if we can buy
5: this nope. team at this price, at any price. No. Nope. All right. So here's the thing. Um, how I felt about those betting on Tiger Woods, right? If you're still betting on them, we need to have a talk. If you're still betting on the Milwaukee Bucks, we need to really talk. But they got Danilo Gallinari. They stink. (laughs) They are the second worst cover team in the NBA now at this point. They are 21 and 35 against the spread on the season. On the road, they are 9 and 17 against the spread. At home, they are 12 and 17 against the spread. From a market rating standpoint, how the bettors and the market power rate this team, it is way off. They are continuously being power rated as one of the best teams in the NBA. And at this point right now, they are no better than the New York Knicks or the Cleveland Cavaliers. And those are very good teams. But you're power rating Milwaukee as an elite team. And they are not that. They are inconsistent. They are not good on defense. They have issues offensively as well. This is not one of the best teams in the NBA. It's a very good team. But again, throw up these Eastern Conference odds. To say, look at the gap. Between Milwaukee, New York, and Cleveland right now. In a seven game series, I would take both New York and Cleveland over Milwaukee. But the market is stubborn. The market does not wanna move, it does not wanna budge just in case they start to get hot. Tim, I told you, I think I was on with you the other day. I talked to a lot of people, but we noted this the other day, which is, the, uh, when they beat Charlotte, and then they beat Denver, right? So that was February 9th, February 12th. They won and covered both of those games. They covered consecutive games. That was the first time Milwaukee had covered consecutive games since December 27th and 29th, in the middle of February. This is a team that, for some reason, the market refuses to admit that they are not as good as they believe them to be. So you ask, what do you do with Milwaukee? Until we really see the market adjust and start to rate them as equals with some of these teams that are on the second tier beneath them, you continue to bet against Milwaukee. There is no question about this. They're Again, second-worst team in the NBA by a cover standpoint. They are covering less than 40% of their games on the season, 37.5%. And yet every number you look at in the futures market says they're Boston's biggest competition. What have you seen over the course of 56 games – that would tell you that that's the case. Nothing. We're running out of room. We are. We're running out of land room. And or, 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 me, uh, what's it called? The uh, whatever runway. There we go. Land room. And fr- <laughs> got a little too passionate. They <laughs> stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the great
4: city of Milwaukee, it's not all doom and gloom because their college basketball team Marquette is rolling right now, fourth in the AP poll, eleventh in Ken Palm. And tomorrow, the biggest game of the college basketball weekend, Marquette visiting UConn. I thought it was UConn you know, of Nevada. That's a good game, though. Looking forward to it. Um, Rob Doster is going to jump on the show later on this hour. This game scares the bejesus out of me because I have been on this program six to nine p.m. Eastern, three to six Pacific, JBT, saying that. Anytime you got a plus sign by Shaka Smart, you take that plus sign. And if you do that, you've been doing pretty well. And sometimes stubborn Tim has bet against them. St. John's on the road at the Garden, Marquette at the Garden, catching one and a half. Guess what happened? They lost. So I went back and I looked it up, and we talked about it earlier this week for our uh, Valentine's college, mm-hmm. our, our, our betting Valentine's, and it's Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart as a dog, JVT, and this is just his time at Marquette, not going back to Texas and VCU where the numbers continue to be strong. There's something about Shaka Smart when he's got the plus sign by his team, you want to take that spot. He's 21-8-3 ATS as an underdog at Marquette, 4-0-1 ATS this year, going back to last year, They have covered six of their last seven games, and the only non-cover was a push against Purdue in the Maui Invitational Championship. A Purdue team, that, based off of a lot of the advanced markets, is the best team in the country, at least Mm resume-wise. But now you've got this spot at UConn. The last team, JVT, to cover as a favorite against Marquette, UConn at home. UConn was laying five against this Marquette team a year ago February 7th and they won by 15 this game should be a lot of fun Marquette has to turn them over and we'll talk more about this with Rob Doster who knows this UConn program very very well but man that number right there it was it feels I don't say it's it's exactly reminiscent to what we saw earlier this week when you had 11th ranked South Carolina catching 12 at Auburn you're like wow Something seems stinky there. What happened? They lost by 40. (laughs) Now, last night, same situation. Minnesota best cover team in all college basketball, 20-3 and ATS, catching a huge number on the road at Purdue. They covered with ease. They almost won that game outright. So this game I'm so intrigued by. It probably will be a play. I'm probably going to take the bait here, but hopefully Marquette can keep it close. Shaka as a dog has been
5: so profitable, but I'll tell you what, man. This UConn team is a wagon. I'll say to play devil's abs, get in favor of the Huskies. The one thing that sticks out when you look at the matchup is Marquette's not an, a, an extremely efficient rebounding team. They're not, like, incredible on the boards. And one of the biggest strengths for UConn is they're awesome on yep. both ends, right? Defensive and offensive rebounding, generating second-chance points. And if you're not going to be able to keep your team your opponent off the glass – I think that's going to be something that's pretty fascinating. Marquette's a little bit better in terms of defensive rebounding, but still pretty average in both categories and actually don't really generate second chance points a ton. So I think maybe that's where, if you don't get this, that's where you get beat. Oh, yeah. No, look, I am not stubbornly right. saying Marquette all the way. Will
4: I be on Marquette? Probably at a principal. But I don't feel great about it. It's going to be a fun one, though. 3 o'clock Eastern tomorrow uh, there in uh, Connecticut. All right, we're up and running. That's JVT. I'm Tim Murray. Eric Eager going to join us to put a bow on the NFL season, look ahead a little bit. We'll talk some college basketball later this hour. We'll do some buy-sell with some NBA teams at the deadline or at the All-Star break. we got a lot to get to on this Friday.
5: This is VSIN Prime Time with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network.
4: We know you've been busy with football, which is why the VSIN experts, JBT, have just released our free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet the NBA smarter with futures bets to make right now, Eastern and Western conference analysis, plus betting tips for the rest of the of the season. Visit vcin.com guide to get your free
5: copy today. V-S-I-N dot slash guide. Uh, really quickly, I did have a hand in this. I wrote the Western Conference, but uh, Zach Cohen... Uh, put the rest of this thing together, was a point man on it. He wrote the entire Eastern Conference, so if you have a problem with the Eastern Conference, send angry things to Zach Cohen on yep. Twitter at BettingOnX. Uh, the Western Conference is perfect, though. Everything's in right order. I wrote that. No need to send anything to me. Agreed. Echo that sentiment. Betting on X.
4: Yeah. Tweet angrily at, uh, at that account. Don't tweet angrily at Eric Eager underscore because he's phenomenal and he's our friend. And joined us in studio last week and now on the beauties of Skype at Eric Eager underscore VP of Sumer Sports. All right, Eric, should we hand another Lombardi trophy to the Kansas City Chiefs? Just here you go. Spagnola's coming back. Special teams coach is coming back. Let's just run it all back, baby.
3: I mean, if, you know, second favorite right now. The the current favorite is the, the 49ers. I think that. We talked about this last week. You asked uh, my boss, Thomas Dimitrov, the CEO of Sumer Sports, you know, uh, will the Niners win? And he said they better. Yep. Uh, Now the market's installed them as as favorites again. Um, I think that they have kind of maybe one more uh, run in them, but uh, it looks a lot more, uh, you know, it it looks a lot more wide open, right? And the Kansas City Chiefs kind of won a Super Bowl when it wasn't really their year. And now, uh, you know, now it's, I think they're going to reload. I think they're going to be stronger next year. Uh, the rest of the AFC kind of has to catch up. And as far as the NFC, um, I think that there's going to be some stronger teams now, teams like Green Bay, teams like um, you know Detroit, who, who now I think went from a plucky team to a team that everybody actually has to respect. Uh, Dallas, of course, in the mix there as well. Uh, and they're all going to be gunning for San Francisco, uh, the defending champ, in that, in that conference.
5: Uh, Eric, when you look at the futures market at this point right now, is there a team that you look at they, that you say, hey, they've actually got a, a higher probability right now than the market would say, and that there's some upward mobility. The market's not accounting for whether it's a, uh, an addition free agency-wise that they can make or some projected improvement that you would assume.
3: I think you have to take a look at the Falcons, um, where they're at, at their current price, just because you do think that they're going to get a quarterback that's going to come in and do some stuff with uh, Zach Robinson, my former colleague at PFF, who's now the offensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, the-, the new head coach that comes in for Arthur Smith. That was a team that per- underperformed with the-, the easiest schedule in football last year at 7-10. and 10. Uh, The defense played pretty solidly. They do lose Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator, but that should be uh, they, they still have uh, a pretty solid, uh, I would say, supporting cast. There are rumors that Kirk Cousins, uh, wife, is is sending their kids to school here next to, to my kids in Alpharetta, Georgia, Ooh. which means uh, I think that, uh, that he could be a possibility there. Justin Fields could be a possibility there. All I know, though, is that Desmond Ritter is not a possibility there, which is probably what kept them from winning the a- a- NFC South a season ago. Uh, and so I think they're a team with a shot. A team kind of down the list a little bit, right? A team that if you're if you're going to make this bet right now, if you're in Vegas, if you're rubbing shoulders with uh, JBT and Tim right now, uh, <laughs> trying to have a good time, and you want to actually make it worth it, right? And, it, and if you're that kind of person that doesn't go to Vegas very much, you want to bet enough where the winnings are enough to come back. Tennessee at 150 to one to me is the bet to make if you want to turn say hundred dollars or maybe a thousand dollars into uh, quite a bit more money. Uh, Brian Callahan did a really good job with that Cincinnati offense with Burrow, without Burrow. Uh, his dad, Bill Callahan, you know, my, I know my my alma mater, Nebraska, people hate him there. But he's a phenomenal <laughs> offensive line coach. Uh, he's done really good work there. Will Levis is that kind of second-year quarterback that, you know, I think on average he'll probably not be very good. But obviously, you know, second-year quarterbacks have made leaps in the NFL. And he has some of those tools, that arm strength uh, and the, those movement skills. Um, that's a team among those teams that are long shots. You know, the Panthers, Broncos, Raiders, Patriots, Giants, Commanders. I think the Titans are the team at one fifty to one uh, to keep an eye on if you're trying to make uh, to make a little money and turn it into a lot of money. Man, spicy! I like it. Eric Eager at
4: Eric Eager underscore Sumer Sports. Make sure you check out. i in all the. <laughs> what do I'm you got? In. They did it. I'm Was in circa one fifty to one. Yeah, let's go! Come all on! right, I'm in. There it is drinks on uh, drinks on JVT next year at the Super Bowl in uh, in New, New Orleans. Orleans when Tennessee there. is there. We will we will all be there uh, and we'll be uh, buying drinks for uh, for Eric Giger. Uh-huh. All right now I'm intrigued by Kirk Cousins uh, because number one what have we heard about the health status? Is he going to be ready? I mean I know he was dancing it up here in Vegas right? He had that uh, choreographed dance with uh, was at Cam Jordan so he looked good. Um, is he going to be ready for the start of the year? What's the market going to look like, uh, Eric, from what you've heard for Kirk Cousins? Because the free agency market ain't what it was last year, right? There's no Derek Carr, there's no Aaron Rodgers, even though I know he got traded. But what, what's the market going to look like for Kirk Cousins?
3: Yeah, we all know that Kirk, it was choreographed, right? We know that it wasn't improvised. When- <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh. Uh, well. Consulting. ryan Tannehill's a free agent he's coming like ryan Tannehill is kind of that in a, in a you know Baker mayfield as well so there are there is competition for cousins in the market but he is the best quarterback in the market um i think he's pretty i think he'll be ready for the season i think he'll his market will be pretty good um there are some people who believe that his market is in that 35 million range i think there are others that think it's as much as 45 million. Uh, so it really does depend upon how you project his age, how you want to structure that deal. Uh, I would say I would not be shocked if it was two years, $70 million for maybe a team. I would also not be shocked if it was two years, $90 million. Uh, it really does depend upon how desperate that team is there. Remember, in 2018, the team like Minnesota coming off of an NFC Championship game drubbing to the Eagles, they went and bellied up three years, $87 million, fully guaranteed. Uh, I I think that that's, you know, it's going to require a similarly, uh, you know, desperate team to go after Cousins here. The Patriots, you want to look at these odds, though, the Patriots, Raiders, Titans, those teams are not desperate for a quarterback. Those teams are more rebuilding. Commanders, Broncos, similarly. I I think that the Falcons are the one that stands out. Bad division, bad conference, a team that has spent three first-round picks. On really good supporting cast and Cousins throughout the course of his career, you know, back to his Washington days, as you know, Tim, yep. you know Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Jordan Reed, uh, Trent Williams, great supporting cast. He, was a, he performed really well in Minnesota when I mean, he's at Diggs, Jefferson, Thielen, guys like that. You know, Darisaw, he's performed pretty well as a quarterback. I, I think he's going to prefer a place like Atlanta. Uh, that has the the ready made uh, supporting cast and things like that, and I think if he goes there, I think Arthur Blank will open up the checkbook because he did probably save a little bit of money going with Raheem Morris as opposed to uh, Bill Belichick.
5: Would the Steelers not be one because of their cap situation? I, I feel like they'd be a team that would be pretty desperate to plug in a quarterback that would be ready.
3: Uh, I think it. I think it's that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the cap situation a little bit. I think they're looking to get younger, and the the fact is is, you know, for them it's a he would be re- placing a first round quarterback i think that if they were to go with somebody in pittsburgh it might be like a justin fields who's also inexpensive who would be competing Um, but that's a good point i mean like look failures at the quarterback position in the nfl draft are cheap now if you move on from Pickett, it's like no no really no sweat off the rooney's back right like it's not a big deal so I could see Steelers and I think at 25 to one not a bad shot Buccaneers also they got you know the party was over they they swept up all the cups last year uh, still made the playoffs their cap situation isn't nearly as bad as it was a season ago and if and if you know uh, Todd Bowles and company uh, Jason Light think that they're competitors to try to go for a four-peat in that division uh, strange to say Kirk cousins could be a, a possibility there as well if they move on and they can't get a, a deal done with Baker Mayfield.
4: Eric Eager joining us here on VSIN Primetime. Let's go to the 49ers. Obviously, the hangover, how will that affect them? Cap wise, how do they look, E, with all the situations brewing? I uh, just saw a headline recently. It seems like the Brandon I. Settle- situation could be a tricky one. So, how do they look like cap wise to run it back?
3: Well, yeah, they're 3 million over or so. And after you factor in, you know, kind of having to sign your whole draft class and add to the roster, they're probably about 10, 12 million over. They have five players, as I said the last time I was, you know, was with you guys in person. They have five players who are non-quarterbacks who are slated to have cap hits over $20 million. So they're they're a good roster, but they're paying for it, you know, and, and so there's really no slack there. Ayuk is on a fifth-year option, which means uh, he's making a lot, and in order to get that number down, they'd have to extend him, which, again, would be another, yet another player who's not a quarterback that they'd be committing to, to the future, uh, I got, you know, Trent Williams is, out, is one who's getting a little older that they, if they were to restructure his deal, they'd be committing to a tackle long-term. Uh, so it, it's, it's, they're going to have to make some tough choices. They're going to have to move on from some players, or they're going to have to do what the Saints do and commit to some older players long-term. Uh, luckily for them, they have some really good football players, but there are going to be some tough choices and they're not going to be able to keep everybody.
4: Sabrina Inescu or Steph Curry tonight, e or tomorrow?
3: Uh, I love Inescu. I think she's a phenomenal player. Uh, I still think Curry is, is the GOAT, though. Uh, man, that's such a good question. Um, <laughs> let's go with Curry. Let's go with Curry, though. But Do we know the rules? I don't know. Do know
4: I don't know the rules? Curry's minus, like, 220 at
3: DraftKings. Hey, E, always appreciate it. There
4: he is, Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. We pivot from the NFL to college hoops. See what I did there? Pivot. It's a, it's a basketball move.
0: This is
5: Vsin Prime Time with Tim Murray on Vsin, the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the Vsin experts have got you covered. Become a Vsin Pro subscriber today and get daily e Daily best bet emails, 24/7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit slash pro to subscribe today. vsin.com/pro. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, I am Tim Murray. Get you our best bets for tonight, and we'll go through some of the college basketball slate in uh, in about 15 minutes. How about this, JBT? We have the vcin.com slash picks page. And uh, when we're hosting, we give out plays. On the show, if you include last night's in-game bet on Rutgers, 10-1-1 for your boy on the show. Here's the problem in the Circa Friday Hoops Challenge. Mm -hmm. I'm three and seven. Mm. So uh, I gotta figure out Saturdays, and maybe our next guest can help us out. Rob Doster from the Field of 68. He and Jeff Goodman are doing a little road trip this weekend. They are going to be at both the Texas A&M Alabama game and Kentucky-Auburn tomorrow. Boots are already on the ground there in the state of Alabama. Rob, appreciate it. Let's start with the early game. We'll go chronologically. (laughs) You look at Nate Oates' squad. They could put up a ton of points. They're a big favorite here against Texas A&M. They are laying at DraftKings 10 and a half for a a noon Eastern, 11 a.m. local tip time tomorrow down there in uh, Tuscaloosa.
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you this, Tim. The the team that I'm most scared of trying to bet on or bet against this season is Texas A&M because it all depends on which Wade Taylor is going to show up, right? The way Taylor is going to put up 45 in a, in a surprising road upset win, or the guy that's going to put up nine points on two for 38 shooting and, and have a Tim Murray-esque free throw percentage. Uh, that's not good. It nobody, wants that. <laughs> no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So I'm, I, I think I'm going to stay away from either side of this game. But here's what I'll tell you. Alabama doesn't want to play defense at all. Right. They don't they don't have dudes to guard. They don't have the the kind of physical toughness. They don't have any Katie Johnsons on their roster. Right. They want to get up and down the floor. They want to shoot threes. They want to score. They want to run. They want to try to put up a hundred on you. There's no one in the sport of college basketball that I think would embrace that challenge of trying to score a hundred all by himself more than Wade Taylor would this year. So I I don't care look, I don't care where this total gets. I don't care what the number ends up being. I don't care where it closes. I'm going to be on the over because I got a feeling this game ends up being one of those like one Oh two to 91 uh, finals that we see from Alabama uh, you know, like basically every other game. So give me the over. I'm going to stay away from either side. I don't, I, don't, I have no feel on on when good Wade and when bad Wade is going to show up. But give me the over, man. Give me all the points. Life is too short to bet the under, especially in a game like this.
4: 157 and a half uh, is, the, is the total right now. And uh, I am a uh, big fan of uh, Wade Taylor uh, after his performance last week against Tennessee as we got a, an easy rocking chair situation there. Before I toss it over to JVT, let's get to the nightcap of your double dip down there in the state of Alabama. Another big spread. It's moving down a little bit. but we talked about Auburn and just how different Bruce Pearl's squad is at home, Rob, this year, and we saw it on full display as they absolutely boat race South Carolina. So they're about a nine-point favorite right now depending on where you look against Kentucky who, you know, shoulder shrug on what you expect from Kentucky. Auburn, pretty decent-sized favorite. What do we expect from Wardam Eagle tomorrow?
1: Uh, I expect a uh, continuation of what we saw against South Carolina, and I'll tell you what, uh, Tim, the, the proof that I am not a sharp better and that uh, maybe fading me is the best uh, course of action when it comes to this is that I looked at that plus 11 and a half and I looked at South Carolina and I said, you know what, Lamont Paris got this thing figured out. Lamont Paris has guards and control tempo. They're going to they're, they're gonna be tough. They're going to be physical. They're not going to walk into to Neville Arena and be uh, intimidated. They're not going to walk into Neville Arena and get jumped like that. Give me those 11 and a half points. Let's go. South Carolina Gamecocks got 40-pieced. Uh, and I say all that to say this: I am now telling you that you do not want to uh, to be on Kentucky side here, because there is no chance that Kentucky can walk into that gym and handle what is coming at them on game day with those Bruce Pearl orange painted chests, uh, with Katie Johnson up in your face, with the the way that Auburn can guard. You know, there's only one team in college basketball this year that. Uh, that is top 10 in adjusted offensive and adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, and that's the Auburn Tigers. And they're doing all that despite the fact that they've done things like lose at App State, get 30 pieced at Florida, you know, been one of the worst road teams that we've seen in the SEC. So uh, I think you got to be on Auburn in this spot. And if that line is coming down, let's just let it come down a little more. You want to come down to 8.5? Want to come down to 8? Good. That's good for me. Let's go. Auburn, I'm with it.
5: Uh, Rob, I'm really curious. I'm going to go to the Big 12 because uh, Houston is obviously one of the best teams in the country, but winning games left and right. They haven't been covering though. There's three, six, and one against the spread in their last 10 games, and they get to play Texas. They're laying about 11 in this spot. What do you make of the Cougars and the Longhorns matchup?
1: I don't. I don't trust Houston. You know, I, I just I, I never, I'm never all the way bought in on what they can be offensively on a night when, uh, when when their defense isn't going to be able to win it for them. Right. Like at the end of the day. I think great offense will eventually beat out great defense, right? I'm always going to bet on a great offensive team over a, be- a great defensive team because I think that there's going to be tough shot makers that can make tough shots, right? Then I-, I just, I'm always worried about Houston. And I think if you can get Texas plus 11 and a half, especially knowing what the pace of that game is going to be, I think that the Longhorns are the side that I would want to be on there. Um, yeah, It's just the, the that Houston, when you rely on being able to, To mess teams up defensively when you can out physical them when you can out tough them when you can get on the offensive glass when you can do all of these things But you don't have the horses to be able to go and put up 75 or 80 on the night when you need to put up 75 or 80. That's just that's a red flag to me I never want to be on that uh, on the Houston side and and 11 and a half points. That's just that's too much. man. That's too much. You're the long (laughs) horse.
4: We're talking once again to Rob Doster, who is uh, boots on the ground in the state of Alabama. He and Jeff Goodman with the field of 68 are going to be at the Texas. They're not
1: boots, man. I got (laughs) got Under Armour running shoes on right now. I was thinking about going for a workout, but then I decided not to. Nah, you're down in
5: Alabama. You can't be working out. And you get credit for thinking about
1: going, too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's what I I was
4: like. Yeah, I was going to work out today. But uh, I I was just envisioning, you know, you know, late 90s because like X-Men is coming back and, uh, you know, college (laughs) football is coming back. I thought just that those Tims with the flap out in front, I was that I was rocking to high school, I thought that's what you were wearing down there. But I no,
1: guess see, you know what, that's that's a northeast thing. I don't <laughs> think that's a south thing. Like they, they tie their shoes here. They're not lazy uh, like us. They're yeah, not that's... lazy like us, uh, like New Yorkers, people from New Jersey. Like that we're the only ones that did that. I realized that at some point <laughs> in my life. They're the only ones that decided, hey, you know what? We're gonna wear these tin, these these work boots as a fashion statement and not tie them. We're the only people that did that. We were the weirdos.
4: Well, speaking of the Northeast, you led me right into it. A team that you have been championing for a while, and you were all over them last year as they made their run, just obliterating everyone in their path to the national championship. UConn, the last team to beat them a year ago was Marquette in the uh, Big East tournament semifinals. And look, Rob, I have uh, I have made a, a boatload of cash betting on Shaka Smart anytime he's an underdog. He's four zero and one ATS this year, twenty one eight and three ATS at Marquette as an underdog. This is a this is quite the spot. Number seven, it's a big number. What do we make of Marquette, UConn tomorrow afternoon in Connecticut?
1: All right, okay. First and foremost, I need you to get a message to to Sean King for me and. and- Tell him I'm a little upset that he ducked me on this interview. Part of the reason why I wanted to make sure that I got on here was to let him know. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Tim, but it was uh, mid to late January. It was after uh, UConn had the loss at home to Xavier, where they came all the way back. And I was like, they figured some things out. They got a chance to make this thing happen. And I wanted to do the show with you. And Sean was like, nope, UConn's <laughs> dead. They're done. And I remembered that. And I kept that receipt and I waited for a year to be able to come on the show. So can you, <laughs> make sure you pass that message on to uh, to Sean for you. But I think uh, your read on this Marquette UConn game is 100% correct. Um, seven is way too many. I think this is going to be a one possession game. I think that uh, UConn will eventually win because home court advantage, 16,000 people, the XL center and all that. Um, I think there are just too many horses on UConn, uh, but I don't think. This is going to be something that gets up into the 70s or the 80s. I got a feeling it's going to be like a like low 60s kind of a game, kind of a matchup possession by possession. What UConn does really, really well is control the tempo when they want to control the tempo, control the pace when they want to control the pace offensively. They're going to take 23, 24 seconds off in of the shot clock running those elaborate sets. Uh, but I do think that Marquette has, they're kind of like the ideal build to take advantage of the weaknesses that UConn has, especially on the defensive end of the floor. They have a five-man that's mobile, that can space, that you can run pick and rolls with, that's excellent in short roll actions. Uh, that can, that, And that's what you got to be able to do to attack and drop coverage um, of of UConn and Donovan Klingin. Uh, if Klingin gets into foul trouble, they have the bodies that can get to the basket, that can penetrate, that can attack the rim. The one knock on this UConn team that I don't think gets enough attention is that they don't have a lot of great athletes on their perimeter, and they don't have a lot of great one-on-one perimeter defenders. Cam Spencer, great positional defender. Alex Kevin really good positional defender same thing with Tristan Newton they don't have the guys that can stay in front when someone wants to get to the rim Cam Jones Tyler Kolek David Joplin they got guys that can put the ball on the floor
4: he is Rob Doster Under Armour shoes on the ground down there in Alabama make sure you follow him and the Field of 68 for great content as we go through the month of March Rob always appreciate it man
1: we're all tied, baby
4: there he is Rob Doster down there in Alabama our top plays for tonight
5: next In prime time with Tim Murray on V-SIN, the sports betting network.
4: This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit 5 bucks and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app, use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel I am Tim Murray. It is V-SIN prime time. A little j- draft fodder coming up top of the hour. Interesting to note, saw some movement today, or this week, in the number two overall pick market. Drake May down to plus 140. Jaden Daniels down to minus. Uh, sorry. Let me read. We'll, we'll, po- we'll take this out post-production. Oh, it's a live show. Uh, Drake May minus 140. Jaden Daniels plus 120. Okay, saw some movement down there. Uh, I think. Jaden Daniels was high as what, like plus 165, something like that, uh, earlier this week. All right, JVT, no NBA tonight. No, no NBA tonight. Um, so for you, from the betting standpoint, we can uh, we can get some uh, some looks maybe in the uh, NBA three-point contest. We'll get to that. Um, for college basketball, yeah, tonight we got a good one at the at Viejas. San Diego State is laying six and a half. Ooh, looks big. Uh, I will take a little stab at an A-10 play. I was hoping to get the five and a half. It just got scooped. So we will take five with the Billikins with St. Louis. Um, I would have enjoyed VCU's win over Dayton a little bit more if that had happened on, like, Tuesday as opposed to Friday. So it's a full week off. So maybe not a massive letdown spot uh, here for VCU, but... Always tricky, travel-wise, head out to St. Louis. St. Louis, it's been a terrible year for Travis Ford's squad. Probably going to get fired, uh, Travis Ford is, but have played a little bit better uh, as of late, uh, you know, road trip, put it on LaSalle as a dog, and then uh, and then cover it against St. Joe's. So I think you might get a feisty effort tonight from St. Louis at home. I'll take the five with the Billikens. Uh, didn't love the card. Not too many things jumping out. So my lone play tonight is going to be St. Louis catching five. Uh, there's an offshore shop that has five and a half, but uh, mostly fives out there. So that's what I bet. And that's what we will roll with. Uh, anything for you for college basketball this evening, JVT? Because the interesting one is San Diego State, New Mexico. Last right. Tuesday, or this past Tuesday, uh, you thought it was too many points for Colorado State. Oh, well, it was on Tuesday. I don't know why we got to talk about well, this. Well, i am just uh, pointing uh, it out because, uh, you know, you came at me and I said, nah, what's going to happen? New Mexico will be down. Or, sorry, San Diego State will be down two touchdowns at halftime, and they'll... Hold Colorado State to 11 points. You don't believe me? Check the tape. I said that exactly. Um, true. It is true. Said, San, you, Diego St- San Diego State is laying six and a half here against New Mexico. New Mexico, hell of a win uh, earlier this week. We did take New Mexico uh, plus the points on uh, – Was that was also Tuesday night, right? It was the doubleheader. Yeah. It was a doubleheader. It's uh, so hell of a win for New Mexico. Um, uh, I'm – I'm going to stay off this game. My initial gut was telling me New Mexico, but I'm going to I'm going to hold off right here.
5: Yeah, the the problem is The situation is tough for New Mexico because it is the second consecutive road game. But it's also the stretch that they've been on. You play host to Boise State. You lose that. You go on the road. You play Wyoming. You come back for a sneaky, tough spot because UNLV has had your number uh, over the last few seasons. You lose that game at home. Play against Nevada. Now you play here against San Diego State. Situationally, it's a pretty negative spot. Number-wise, though, as we kind of talked about with Colorado State, or at least that I brought up, It does stick out to me as a number that I think is a little high when you consider what these two teams would be against one another on a neutral. You know, like I I do believe uh, in this backcourt uh, for New Mexico, the speed that they have, the versatility they have in their backcourt with Jalen House and Donovan Denton, Jamal Masper. Like there's so much there for these teams. Like it's a lot of speed. That you can go at San Diego State with, you can speed them up if you want to, and I think you can stay within this number. I think you're good enough to do it. So I'm with you. It's not something that I've done and, and jumped on quite yet, but I'm pretty sure by the end of the night when we're talking about watching this a little bit later, right? I mean, what time are we talking about tip Ooh, off tonight? Ten
4: o'clock Eastern, baby. Yeah.
5: So like, you got a little bit of time, but. I do think that from a number standpoint, if this maybe ticks up a little bit higher, if I'm going to sit back and if maybe we get there, but I think the market's in agreement with me. We're starting to see a couple of six and a half, or excuse me, a couple of sixes out there. But I think New Mexico is the side. That is for sure it. Like, if you're telling me pick it,
4: it's New Mexico. I will probably end up on New Mexico. It's a Friday night. It's a late night game. I love the Mountain West. I'm probably going to be in New Mexico. Not going to be an official play. How about this article today in the San Diego uh, Union Tribune from Mark Ziegler? San Diego State fans have been waiting more than a year for the return of New Mexico and Jalen House, the most hated man in the Mountain West to Viejas Arena. He is, uh... It is uh, the atmosphere tonight. And I uh, I may or may not have been told by a couple of guys, you talk too much Mountain West. I'm like, all right, I get it. We're out here. Um, but uh, – that's gonna be a fun atmosphere. So watch that one tonight. FS1. No official play for me, but I would uh, look a little bit towards San, uh, New
5: Mexico uh, in that spot. Uh, we'll, really quick. Yeah, yeah. For those out there, Jalen House is every bit the irritant that you think. Like from that, every bit the irritant that he
4: is. Last like year, he, he went. They went into Viejas. They won by nine. They weren't as good last year. New Mexico,
5: and uh, I think he had twenty-seven or twenty-eight points. He's a weird cat. Um, there was. I think. I don't. Know, do I tell this one on the air? where when they were playing UNLV, and UNLV as a player, Luis Rodriguez, and uh, every time down the floor, Jalen House would scream, Luis! And try to like, <laughs> try to bug him and just like, uh, he's a weird dude, man, but he's a good player. So it, it kind of works. Uh,
4: New Mexico uh, has already beaten San Diego State comfortably. Yeah. Uh, that was right after the UNLV game. I think I laid it. I want to double check. What was the line in that game, JVT? That was... New Mexico was definitely laying points in that spot against, uh, against San uh, Diego. I got it
5: as a three-and-a-half point spread in favor of New Mexico. So
4: think about that real quick, yep. folks. Just from a, what home court means in college hoops, San Diego State's laying six-and-a-half, and they were catching. There was a shop that closed four. It's wild. That is wild. All right, more college basketball. Uh, talk as the show goes on. Certainly, we'll get into some of the weekend uh, games uh, and some of our thoughts as well. JBT, when it comes to the three-point contest, which will be tomorrow night. Oh yeah. Do you bet it? Yeah, absolutely. How do I, we? How do
5: you handicap it? Uh, or is it just, just a? Let's go. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, uh, generally, I like to take some shots in the three-point contest. Like this year, I bet Malik Beasley. Um, at, Did you have it, what was Carl Anthony-Towns last year? Because he won it, right? Oh, I don't know. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't remember what he was, he was like last 14, year. Because we were all laughing, yeah. like, Carl Anthony Towns! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he won. Um, and that's what you want to do. Look, this is, it, when you're talking about, like, shooting in the scheme of a game as opposed to, you know, racks and just moving and doing all that kind of stuff, It's it's different. And, you know, when you look around, like, I'll take my chances with a guy like Malik Beasley, just over 6-1. Six to one, 6.50 sh- at DraftKings. Right. And, he sh- Tim, he's shooting over 40% in all three areas. Like, we're talking about overall, above the break, and from the corners. And, in fact, he's shooting 51% from the corners this season. Malik Beasley is. So, <clears throat> these are all really good shooters. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But in terms of just like, hey, the way I'm handicapped, I look at this. And by the way, credit to DraftKings. If you look through the menu just for the three-point Huge. competition, you have over-under scores. You have over-under uh, highest point. You have everything in there uh, if you really want to get into these markets. But I think I'll take my chances on the guy who's having a, a really good season, shooting 40% and over 40% in all three areas that you're tracking from a three-point shooter contest, and sit back and, and see what's up. Damian Lillard, the favorite, plus 425. Tyrese Halliburton, plus
4: 450. Trey Young, 6-1. to Malik Beasley, uh, that JVT is betting plus 650. Lori Markin and plus 650. Cat and Jalen Brunson all plus 650. And then Donovan Mitchell is uh, is the longest shot mm. at seven to one to win it all. I mentioned this to uh, to Eric Eager because I know he's a big um, WNBA better. Just follow him on Twitter. Uh, there is this showdown between Steph Curry and Sabrina Inescu. Steph is minus 220. At DraftKings, Inescu is plus 160. But you mentioned it. Do we know the rules of this situation? What? How is this playing out? Whose ball? What balls are we using? I assume it's WNBA ball for Sabrina Inescu,
5: WNBA line and NBA for Steph, right? So I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make myself sound more important than I really am. Please do. I got do. a text from an odds maker yesterday. There we go. Um, and the text was just simply. Originally, Curry planned to shoot from the NBA line while Ionescu would shoot from the WNBA line. Ionescu quickly refuted that on Twitter, pledging that she will shoot from the NBA line. She's also shooting from the NBA line, but apparently she's using the WNBA ball. So there's a lot of different like mixed messages coming out as to what's going to happen in this contest. But I will say this. If it's even with the WNBA ball from the NBA line, I feel like Curry should be higher than minus 220 yeah right like that's in terms of and thank you britain but in terms of just like i I likened it to this when i talked about this today on harvard handicappers um which was like you know athletes are creatures of habit you know this very well and so like being put in a position i know it's a competition but to constantly shoot from a line that's longer like when you're shooting motion i get you've been practicing right but i feel like you'll just be a little off here it's gonna be interesting but we don't know what's gonna happen
4: all right Coming up next, if you're watching with us on uh, DraftKings Network, South Beach Sessions. As for us on v Prime Primetime,
0: oh, it's that time of year. Draft season, baby. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.